0: Hey, this is Matthew Del Negro, actor, host of 10,000 Knows podcast. And if you're not listening to the shit you don't learn in college podcast with my friend Xander Fryer, you're doing something wrong.
1: How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And we are back with another great episode. And today on Shit You Don't Learn in College, we've got my good friend, Matthew Del Negro. Matt is a New York-born actor, producer, podcast host, and family man. You may recognize him from such shows as Sopranos, West Wing, Scandal, Wind River, Goliath, Huge in France, and most recently, City on a Hill, which he's working on with Kevin Bacon. Matt is also the host of the top iTunes podcast, 10,000 Knows," where he interviews top-level performers showcasing perseverance, resilience, and You're not going to want to miss this episode. In it, we dig into how to ask for what you want, the dangers of comparison syndrome, how not to take failure personally, and what Matt has learned from over two decades acting in Hollywood, one of the most uh, tough and and, uh, spectacular industries in the world. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews and for every new five-star review, we plant a tree to restore the rainforest of Madagascar and provide a child in India one year of e-learning. So give us a review and you're giving back too. I'll see you in there. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm Xander Fryer, and today my guest is my good friend, Matthew Del Negro. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. Great to be here. We uh, flipped the switch, man. We flipped the switch. I, I know, right? I know. Normally I'm used to being on podcasts, being on your great podcasts and things like that, but I'm really excited to get you on here and, and uh, dig through some awesome stuff. So so thank you, thank you for coming, man.
0: Yeah, my pleasure.
1: So, uh, the first question I got to ask for, for those, for those of you guys who don't know, Matt, Matt's a, uh, Hollywood actor. He's in the entertainment industry, very successful there. So I I just got to dig in for everybody that's out there listening. Maybe they've seen you on some TV shows or on the big screen. Uh, what's it like being, uh, you know, a big shot Hollywood actor? Is it, is it everything that it's cracked up to be? Uh, I
0: don't think it is. I mean, I don't know what it's cracked (laughs) up to be, but I don't, I don't know if it's what it's definitely, uh not what people perceive, uh, hence, you know, I'm sure we'll get into 10,000 no's and that whole yeah. thing that I've been doing. Um, but uh, it's pretty amazing when, when when I am working, I do say that it, it's it's like, I, I, I'm like a, a kid, you know? And I realize yeah. that it's like, I haven't lost that. Um, I was shooting something a few months ago, you know, for City on a Hill, the show I'm doing right now. And it was like three days of a shootout scene And I'm there with Kevin Bacon, uh, a couple of other actors. And we've been doing this for a couple of days. And I'm like, this is crazy, man. Like I'm getting paid to be be a kid, like playing cops and robbers. That's what I'm doing. So it's that. And then there's a whole other side of it too that we could get into, which is the, you know, the underbelly and all that stuff. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's actually just go ahead and dig right for that. Like, tell me about the underbelly a little bit. Let's, let's, let's dig right into it. All right. Yeah. The underbelly
0: is, uh, you know, I realized a few years ago, um, there are people that I know in my life, in my town, through my kids, my friends, all that stuff. And they know my life. And then once in a while you come across someone, you know, sometimes at an airport or you're, you know, on a vacation or something, and someone recognizes you from a show. And yeah. that's always nice. It's flattering. It's good if they specifically know your work. It's, you know, yeah. you know, it's flattering. You're like, okay, cool, cool. But I noticed through the conversations, I'm like, huh, they have a very different perception of what my life is than what it really is. And that kind yeah. of sent me down a rabbit hole of starting the podcast, 10,000 um, which was really going, okay, if people feel that way about actors Um, they have a perception, maybe they saw entourage and they have this idea of what it is. And I don't think it's completely congruous with what my experience is. Maybe it's the same in other fields. So I interview CEOs of companies that are flying around in jet planes and going, is it just what we see on Instagram or is there something else to it? And I would interview, you know, NFL players and, you know, any, really any walk of life and just try to get underneath what it is that makes them tick and what it is that that you know they really have to deal with not just the version that we see well
1: especially especially with social media right now right it's like you I, one of the things we always talk about is like it really we're just seeing everybody's highlight reels a lot of the time Right. Well, and, and frankly, if somebody's watching your work, they're not even seeing the real highlight reel. They're seeing a fo- they're seeing you acting on television. Yeah. So they might even have a misconstrued idea of who you are based on who you're playing in whatever role that's in. Totally. Right. So they don't they don't they don't see what you are doing. You know, behind the scenes, what you have to go through to get there, what that CEO has to do to to get to that position and and build that empire or that that athlete had to do to play at that level, right? Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, I I have a a funny story from way back. Um, This was, so I did, uh, I did The Sopranos way back, 2002. It it, it came out in 2002. So, you know, at the time it was like, it it was a huge deal because it's a big, big show, but I wasn't getting paid a ton to do it. And- Maybe it was, I don't know if it was like the next year or a half a year later, whatever it was, we were living in New York and my wife uh, was like guest bartending at a friend of ours bar. And so we had a bunch of people hanging out there. And one of the guys was from Jersey. He was a friend of a friend and he looks over and he sees me and he goes, dude, you Tony's boy. What are you doing here? And I'm like. Uh, my wife is guest bartending. And he's like, "What you wait, like he, it was like, he couldn't believe that I was just in the real world. And, and you were a
1: regular like, human being.
0: Yeah. It was really, really interesting. Cause I'm like, and, and then I, and then I thought about it, you know, before I had done that, I had come out to LA for like pilot season. And I remember being in a cafe out here and seeing someone that I knew from a show and yeah. I, and I was acting at that point, but I hadn't really done a ton. And right. I remember thinking, "Oh my God, there, w- there was something really uh, visceral about seeing someone who was on TV." I forget that now because I, I do it myself, and I have friends yeah. that have, you know, won Academy Awards and stuff like that. So I, it's, it's, I, that part has gone away a lot for me. But I guess
1: it's a real thing. It's just weird when you're on the other side of it. When you're on the other side, yeah, yeah. So so tell me about, let's dig into 10,000 no's, because I think this is a very, this is a profound uh, idea, you know, whether, like you mentioned, whether it's, whether it's in the entertainment space, in the professional sports space, business, whatever it may be. Tell me about how 10,000 no's came to be and, and what it is today.
0: Yeah. So I was, um, I was working on uh, Scandal, a show on ABC, Shonda yeah. Rhimes show, and I had done couple seasons and I had I was coming off like a really nice period of work for me uh but you know whether people know it or not the, this industry is so volatile so you could be working yeah. and then it just dries up like that and you could be I mean unemployed for 7 months straight where you can't you can't get arrested even if you're doing good work so anyway <laughs> I'm working on I'm working on that show I was actually working on a film, uh, this movie Wind River, and my agents called and they said, hey, Shonda wants to use you in this upcoming season. I wasn't a contract player, wasn't a series regular. She wants to use you a lot this season. These are the dates from here to here. We're gonna break for Carrie Washington to have her baby. We're gonna come back on this date. I'm like, okay, great. So I finished that movie. Uh, I come back, that season starts and, I don't know what happened. This was like 2016 going into 2017. It's when Trump was elected. I don't know because it was a DC show if that somehow affected the storyline. I still don't know to this day. What I do know is that I, in the interim, moved from where I was living to the town where I'm living now. My monthly, you know, overhead went up and the job just kind of dried up. It was like, I went from yeah. thinking I was going to do almost 16 episodes to doing three and you Jeez. know, you're just going, Whew. and then it was pilot season, which is the time of year when they're casting new shows for the following season. And I felt really great in the rooms, but that was the year of the, the hashtag Oscars. So white, which yeah. was good for the world, you know, cause I think now na- since then more stories have been told that it's a broader spectrum of stories. So philosophically great for me personally, as the head of my household, a little, I was like a little bit difficult. I was like, "Whoo! this is not, this is not really going well for me. And yeah. you know, for whatever reason, it just, I could not get work. And yeah. I had a friend, our mutual friend, Jay Perugia has a <laughs> podcast. I had just started listening to podcasts. I liked the medium. I liked that. I could really get in depth with people and talk to people, uh, yeah. more than just kind of sound bites. And I just thought, I don't want to sit around waiting for someone to hire me for me to express my creativity, to create something. And so yeah. I came up with this premise that was just, you know, it, it was, part of it was to help people that were like me, but 20 years behind me. Um, yeah. And part of it was to actually just help me because I was like, I need some
1: inspiration.
0: I felt like I was getting
1: crushed, you know? But that's So So this is this is something that's very interesting about your decision to go into the podcasting world, which um, I was having a a conversation with one of my good buddies, Alex Salibian, who was on this podcast, he he produced uh, Harry Styles last solo album. And one of the things that we were talking about is in the entertainment industry, whether it's whether it's acting or whether it's music, right? One of the things that an actor or a musician is never taught is how to really own themselves as a business, right? And and like, because in this situation, you're basically at the whim of this show that now basically cut you from you know majority of the stuff, and you're not getting your your way with other things, right? It's very difficult, and basically, you were just like, I'm just going to move forward with my creativity. Like, I'm done waiting for somebody else. I'm going to go do something, get my creativity out there, and help people in some way. Is yeah, what it sounds like
0: totally. And and it really, I got to tell you, it breathed new life into me because yeah. People wouldn't know it at the time. At the time, you know, on the outside, everything looked good. I mean, I was doing good projects. I was working. It seems like you're working all the time because things are rerunning on different cable networks and all that, you know? (laughs) But you know, you're like, no, I haven't worked in a while, you know. But people yeah. don't get it because they just saw you last night, right? I
1: just saw you this weekend. Yeah. What are you so, talking about? Yeah. So,
0: so it's really, you know, it it was something that I, I felt like I had gotten to a point where I was starting to believe what the business was telling me about myself, and and I was starting to forget the dreams yeah. that I had, the big dreams I had. Oof. And I was like, this is, I feel like my spirit's getting crushed. And if I'm going to go into it this way, doing a guest spot here, a guest spot there, I may as well go, you know, sell car insurance and, and like have a more steady existence. Yeah. And this isn't really fun if I'm doing it this way. And I think when I, when I started the podcast, I, I hooked into something Deep within me, that I really wanted to do. I really was a bonehead about the business of it. I didn't launch it. I mean, I know you're doing this, and you've probably been smart about launching it. I didn't really launch it. It was like
1: you know, hit biz, record and biz, go. Business, business is my big screen. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 where I, that's where my creativity lies. <laughs>
0: right, and not and not for me. You know, it's just like I really the real intent was to follow my own little string of inspiration. And yeah. by doing that, I mean, it cracked my world open in such a great way. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, indirectly, really, I met you through the podcast because I met you through people that I met yeah. Other people that was through the podcast. So all of these people, this whole world. Opened I just remember,
1: up. I remember meeting this, this good looking guy who was about two feet taller than I am, but had a cast on his arm. And I was just oh. like, what, what is,
0: what, what happened? I That was one of the 10,000 no's baby. That was, yeah, <laughs> that was talk about bonehead that, that came from punching
1: a wall. That's in my book. That story's that, in my book this is this is the stuff that happens when you when you get ten thousand no's. <laughs> you get pissed off, you know you do yeah. dumb,
0: dumb things um yeah, so d- but that's what it did. I mean I remember as I was you know plotting and planning to launch it, I was kind of hemming and hawing and yeah. i I was with my brother and my sister at one point, and my brother goes what's the holdup? What you know? Why, why don't you do this? Now he's a, <laughs> he's a finance guy. He's just like beep, beep, beep. He's going to do it. And I go, well, you know, I'm like, I'm a little kind of nervous about throwing it out there. And he's like, what? He's like, you made out with a dude on national TV. Like, cause I'm <laughs> scandal. I played a sex worker, you know, like that's a, yeah. <laughs> I had a wax chest. And I was like, you know, get, sleeping with people for money. And he goes, how could you be worried about getting on a microphone? And I was like, no, the thing is, when you're an actor, you're an interpreter, you know, you're, you're, those are Shonda Rhimes words, you know, that that's, that's my job to own it and to play that character. But with a podcast, when you're sitting down and getting on a mic, like if you listen to that show, that's me, man. I mean, I'm putting it out there. That's kind of like, that's who I am. That's what I think the buck stops with me. And that was a scary prospect. And I think it caused me to hesitate, but then once I kind of broke through that barrier and I did it and just ripped the Band-Aid off, I think it, it created a whole new flow of energy came into my life. And yeah. so many things have come since I started the podcast. It's, it's actually bananas, like the best jobs in my career, um, the people that I've met, a book deal, all this stuff. And I think it was from throwing it out there and just going like, you know what? I don't know exactly what I'm doing here, but I know that I'm passionate about this. And there's just something that comes from that energy that draws people. I I think, I don't know, for me, and you tell me if you're like, you know, sometimes you go like, ah, do I want to? Do I want to stand up and like you yeah. know get, get everybody's attention on me cause every, I don't know every day every day, you know every day a no fight when you do it it's it's people you think people are going to make fun of you, and people probably are by the way. I always say there's someone talking good yeah. about me somewhere, but I can't yeah. worry about it, you know, and yeah. when you do have the the courage to stand up in some way, people kind of come to your back like I, I feel like a lot of people have been super kind and generous and helping me you know you get like Henry Winkler and Kevin Bacon to come sit down on your show you're like holy crap that's pretty like
1: cool. i might i might have
0: something here this yes, might be an your idea, idea. Dude, i tell you every time i ask someone like that to be on the show and they, yeah. and and by the way the little aside here the funny thing is all of those huge stars their emails came back to me like 2 minutes later way yeah. quicker than like somebody else it's, yeah. it's kind of bizarre, but those are always the ones you're scared to ask. And then you ask them and they're like, I'd love to help out. I love what you're doing. And you go, really? <laughs> you're like, <"That's-> always,
1: <laughs> always confused, right? You're always surprised. Well, I think that's, that's one of the things that I've noticed, you know, as, um, you know, as, as my business has grown and I start to connect with more and more amazing people, it's like the more successful people are. I find that the more giving and and grateful and appreciative they are as well, it's really weird. There's a, there's a correlation there that like people think like, you know, to get to the top, you have to be like a taker. Right. But the reality is like the most giving and appreciative people end up being the ones with the most in the end. I
0: think they also know, and this is kind of what my show is about. They know what it took to get there. Yeah. And so they know, they know what you're going through, you know, And and you, you kind of put them on a pedestal and you think, well, they don't really know. I mean, I, you know, Kevin Bacon was one that I was like, I was like, well, you know that you're going to work again. I mean, you're going to, there's always going to be work for Kevin Bacon, right? There's always going to be good work for Kevin yeah. Bacon. And he goes, and I go really Seriously? You, dude? I'm like, freaking six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, you're going to you crush me if you tell me idiom. that you worry about this. And he goes, no. you're literally an idiom. <laughs> I mean, li- you, yeah. And, and, and he even said, he, he just said, you know, the early years were paved so deep that it's hard to, to, to think when you're done with the job, like you're, you're like actively looking for the next gig because, yeah. because it's just been, it's, it's been beaten into you from those lean years, you know? And that's in in a way it's good because it keeps you hungry, you know? Um, But it, it doesn't, it doesn't really go away. It's just, it gets exchanged. Hopefully if things are going well for better projects with better people, that's what I feel like. Like I feel like I I'm happier with the material I'm getting these days and like how much they're giving me who I'm collaborating with. But it's still, you know, right now we're, we're waiting, I'll know in like a month if we get another season on this show. I I hope we do. I think it's getting positive response, but I've been on shows before where people loved it and, and that was it. The show went away. So you really don't know. So you got to be open to like, all right, I'm prepared either way. What well, so
1: how do you and obviously this goes with the the 10,000 no's concept like how do you develop that mindset of let let's call it like 10,000 no's? like how do you develop the mindset of being punched in the face 10,000 times or you know slipping and and you know falling in the dirt 10,000 times or getting 10,000 no like how do you develop that mindset to be able to handle that
0: I I think it's uh I think it it it's originally from survival. You know, you realize yeah. if you take it too personally, you got to take it personally because if if you don't care about it, you know, I don't think your work I think your work is going to suffer. But but even when you really care about it, when the no comes in or if they replace you or if the show goes away or whatever, if you take it too personally, yeah, you're going to crawl in the under the, you know, stairs and go into the fetal position and you're never going to come back out.
1: And if you
0: do that, you'll never eat again because you only eat when you go out and you club the next bear and pull them into the cave and chop them up and (laughs) eat them. So you learn through survival, oh, I can lick my wounds for a second. But if I spend the next two weeks licking wounds, I just missed how many opportunities. So you got to take it, suffer, feel it, You know, it sucks. It's just, it's not fun. And then you got to move on. And that's just the gig. That's, that is the, the no's are built into the game. It's like if you were, you know, if you're, you're a major league baseball player. Yeah. And you, you know, implode every time you don't reach base. Yeah. You're not a major league baseball player. Like that, which, you're just, you're not a pro. You, yeah,
1: which, which even, you, you know, as a Hall of Famer, two out of three times, you're not going to reach base.
0: <laughs> that's it. It's the, the no's are built into the game. And if you accept that, then you can move on. Then when you get them, or if you look at them in, in terms of like 10,000 no's, each no is like, oh,
1: well, I mean, that's one ten thousandth of the no. So, so do they? Yeah. So that's. I guess that's my other question: Is do they get easier as you keep getting them? Do they? Do you just like you know the more times you get a note, you're starting to a, you're you're able to take it less personally? I guess. I I
0: think they don't they don't necessarily get easier, but I think you recover more quickly. That's what okay. I mean. Is that that like. For the most part, there are some that will wallop you. You know, it's like any, it's like you know, like you get you get a a roundhouse that nails you when you weren't expecting you, expecting it. It's it's gonna put you down for a little bit. But I think in general, um, because of history, because I can look back at you know, unfortunately I can look back at so many times in my <laughs> career where I felt like I was just on the mat. Like, unfortunately
1: I can look back
0: at a career of failure, well, right it, now. But, it's, but it's true. And, and it's, it's true because each one of those failures led yeah. to a success that was yeah. better than the failure. So, yeah. you know, my, my story, the biggest way to, actually show that in a story was when I got Sopranos, which was really like the biggest break that maybe the most dramatic break that I'll ever experience because of my age, my naivete, the, the, the yeah. ties of that show. Like the fact that it, it was just a different world back then when everybody was watching HBO on Sunday night to watch yeah. Sopranos when Pe- it came people out. People would,
1: people would like, that was an event. Like you it would get together to go watch Sopranos. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was like, we rushed home to get there. There were no DVRs. There was no TiVo yep. yet. You know, it was like all of that stuff. So the, That job, which was just a huge win, came on the heels of this other thing that I'd gone in for, which was for like a regular, a a series regular on a soap opera, which is not what I really wanted, but I was bartending. So compared to bartending, getting paid in a contract role to be on a soap was like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, I go in, they like me, they bring me back. I go for probably, I don't know, four or five, six callbacks to the point where I'm doing a, a screen test on the sound stages in Brooklyn for the soap. Wow. It's me and two other guys. I kind of keep my nerves in check. I go, I shoot it on their sets. I feel great. They shoot it like they give us hair and makeup, like exactly like we're working on the show. Yeah. I I, I shoot it. I go, I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to get this thing. Literally a day later, my agent calls. It's not going any further. And it's just like. (sighs) walloped. Cause all of a sudden now I'm going back to bartending and working a California yeah. pizza kitchen and you know, with building, my polyester pants and dreams. my wave tie. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm upselling IBC root beers, you know, barbecue <laughs> chicken pizzas. And I'm like, I there, you get nothing for second place, nothing, you know, it's like, you're done. That's it. So at that point you could fold and go like, I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy. I'm never going to work. But if you do that, you never get the opportunity a few months later to go in for Sopranos and get on the greatest show in television history. So it's like that history, when I get knocked down present day, I draw on that and about 50,000 other situations I've had that were similar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I think I think that is really important, though, because I think, you know, for a lot of people, maybe they haven't put themselves out there enough to get knocked down and get back up and see that not only did they survive, but they're actually better off afterwards right so it's it's like a lack of experience of getting nose or getting punched in the face or falling down too hard. I think a lot of a lot of people always ask me like they're like, Xander, how did you get so much business success at such a young age? And I always tell people like I broke a lot of shit like right. a ton when I was like I was constantly failing and fucking up and getting punched in the face and you know, from my DUI to losing my best friend, to failing, you know, like little side businesses and all this stuff, like, I did all that. I just did it earlier than everybody else. Right, right. right. Well, so you,
0: like, I think of you with Jack Canfield and, and and raising your hand and getting up on stage. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, the great example of, sure, we could look at you now and go, oh, you got this great business, it's all going well, it's so easy for you, but how many people had the balls to raise their hand and get up on that stage and say, I'm going to write to book with you. Yeah. Not no one else that day, you know, Yeah, you, you did. And, or get, and up,
1: or get up on stage and say, I have no business, but next year, this time it's going to be a seven figure business.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the people that I interview, what I've found out is it's not that their lives are easier than everyone else's. Many times yeah. they're harder. What they've done is they've solved problems over and over more often and more efficiently than the average human. And that's, that's why they are where they are. It's not like you avoid conflict. You're just better at dealing with conflict. Yeah. And I guess I for like the that. actors, that's, a, you know, same thing. Like you're, you're better at dealing with the rejection and not letting it totally deflate you to the point of yeah.
1: paralysis. Yeah, that's huge. Let me let me ask you this, Matt. You've you've obviously you've done a lot. You've you've been able to navigate an incredibly difficult industry for you know the better part of two decades now. And on top of that, start your podcast. You're writing a book. You're so you've got all this stuff going on. What would you define as success in life? Like, what does success mean to you?
0: <laughs> it's so funny. As you ask that, and I look up. I hate to do this, but I have on my bulletin board just pinned right there. What is success? It's the, ah. the, the, the Emerson quote.
1: You know that one? Yeah. No, I don't know it. I'd, I'd love to hear me, it. read it to
0: you. What is success? To laugh often and much. To win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children. To earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends. To appreciate beauty. To find the best in others. To leave the world a bit better whether by a healthy child, a garden patch or a redeemed social condition to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived that is to have succeeded. Ralph Waldo Emerson. I love that
1: quote. Well, I mean, it's hard to do better than Emerson. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. if
0: You know, where (laughs) I, where I hook into that is like, yeah, just try to leave it better than you
1: found it. You know, like, and, and we could have, Matt, we could have, you could have just read that, and said it was your quote. That's really what you should have done, that's man. I would have believed done. Let's you. Take
0: that, let's take that again. Let's take that Let, again. Let's,
1: let's try this one over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I
0: misread it. Matthew Thomas Del Negro. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, no, but that, that is, it's, it's like, you know, it's the, it's the simple thing. Find something you love to do. Serve people with it. Um, you know, be, be able to be of use. I don't know. I, yeah. that's, that's kind of, you know, life is short. And um, and I don't know, you, you, you could spend too much time, and I've certainly done this where you're wrapped up in your own stuff. I'm definitely guilty of it, just like the next person. But putting your focus on, on other people and, and trying to help people out, uh, you know, it, it's, it's it. It's, it's somewhat simple, yeah. my definition of it.
1: I, I think I, I like that, right? Keeping it simple It's just be of use, help people out, leave them better than you found them. Right. Yeah. That's all in the end. That's some, something the best that you can do sometimes. Yeah. Like
0: what, yeah. What are you going to, what are you going to leave behind? Are you going to leave people better off before you came into their life or worse? You know?
1: Yeah. I love that, man. A couple of quick questions for you. Uh, Obviously you're a creative. Uh, I want to know what the first thing that you do in the morning is.
0: Hmm. It's, it's, uh, it kind of, the, the honest answer is it depends what cycle I'm in. You know, I I call it like when I'm in warrior mode, I'm, I'm up really early working out first thing in the morning. And that, that has generally been my normal thing. Get my body moving first thing in the morning. Um, that that's probably the most consistent thing, but I found myself it's, you know, kind of cool that you asked the question because this is, it's, I don't really know what's happening, but I've been having a harder time. I don't know if it's through COVID or what it is, but I've felt like the mornings, I've been really more sluggish lately. Just yeah. to be honest, I, I, don't, I don't love that answer, but that's, I've been sluggish, but I've given into it's, it a little bit more. It's
1: the, it's the real answer.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, but I, I think in general, Get out there and move, and also either the the thing I'll do is either listen to something inspiring, whether it's a podcast or sometimes a sermon on YouTube or something like that, yeah. or like compilations, those kind of, or no sound and go for a run or a walk with no sound and like no listen. input. Yeah, listen yeah. to the birds. Let myself let myself go. I've been doing this thing with my son lately we have been running just a little run in the morning before he goes to school. And this morning we were out there and it was like, I go, listen to those birds. It was like a symphony. And sometimes I put so much on like taking in so many podcasts and all this stuff that inspires me and it's good, but there's something to be said for just quiet, just silence. Yeah. I love that. And especially, Oh, what were you gonna especially
1: say? in today's society, that's like probably one of the more difficult things to do, right? We have so much input that we can take in at any moment from our phone to our laptop, to anything. Being able to just sit and be present is, is rare.
0: Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of, um, Eckhart Tolle lately. I think he's the one that has that in my head. That'll, he, that'll,
1: that'll do it to you, man. <laughs> he's kind of like,
0: just be like, don't, don't necessarily label stuff. Don't necessarily, you're not looking to get from here to there. Just like, just be you know, which yeah. is kind of what you need to do as an
1: actor. Yeah, I love that. What's What's one thing, knowing what you know now and where you are now, what's one thing that you wish you had learned in school?
0: That everybody else doesn't know much more <laughs> than me.
1: Every, everybody else is, is as oblivious as you are?
0: Yeah, I think I put, Wait, what, do you mean, what do you mean
1: by that? Could you expand on that? Yeah,
0: I think, you know- I think I always tended to um, just assume that everyone else was like, knew all of this stuff that they didn't necessarily know. The best way to give you an example of that is like, uh, we kind of got into surfing over quarantine, And I was terrible. I'm still not great, but I'm better. Yeah. You go out there and you'd go in the water and you'd see any, everybody has wetsuits on and everybody's got a board. But when you don't know what you're doing in the beginning, like you assume everybody else is like a pro surfer. Pro surfer. You're the one that's in their way. And when you get better, you're like, oh my God, I'm better than, all of these i mean i'm still not like those guys over there but there's a ton of people out here worse than me you know and yeah. and you go like why was i beating why was i holding myself down yeah. and giving and propping them up so much i'm not saying you
1: got to go be arrogant i don't like that but 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 comparing but, comparing yourself to others is is one of the most dangerous things that you can do yeah it's just it's just
0: so um <sighs> it's just not constructive. It's not going to help you. We're all on our own journey and everybody's just trying to figure it out. You know, I got a buddy who's like, he's like, we're all in our own boats. He's like, and everybody's just trying to get like, you think everybody cares about you so much. It's like, no, they're all just trying to get water out of their own boat. Yeah. Everybody else leave.
1: has holes in their boats too. They don't totally. give a shit about what you're doing. Like <laughs> well, Totally.
0: We think everybody cares so much. It's like, no, just do your thing. You know,
1: I love that, man. Dude, Matt, I could talk to you forever, but I think this has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, where can people learn more about you about 10,000 Nos?
0: Uh, Go to 10,000No's.com. That will link you over to Matthewdelnegro.com and at Matty Dell on Instagram. But if you, you go to 10,000 notes, just one zero 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 nos dot com. You get the book, you get the podcast, you get all of it. Yeah, it pretty much covers.
1: Beautiful man. Beautiful. Thanks so much, man. I'll get you back on yeah. here soon. It's Xander is,
0: is such a pleasure, man. I could talk
1: to you for four hours. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, man. Yeah.